Have you ever talked to a woman who thought abortion was justified because mothers are stronger and more powerful than their preborn children? Let's talk about how we can respond. Come debrief with us. Hi, I'm Lexi, and joining me as always are Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Ethan, give us an outreach highlight from last week. Okay, so I was at Planned Parenthood with Titus and Gabe. So it was three guys, which is rare. And I had, there was a lady who got dropped off and she started to walk inside. And so I was talking to her, trying to get her to stop and talk, give her some information. And as she was walking in, she turned around and told me, you know, they do stuff other than abortions here. Mm. And so my response was, well, that doesn't change the fact that they still kill babies here. And I think that's something we run into often is, well, Planned Parenthood does other stuff. They do other good things. But that doesn't change the fact that they're an organization that promotes and actually kills babies. You know? I mean, every person who does bad things does right. other things in their life, right? It doesn't change the fact that what they do bad is still bad. Right. Yeah, that's a very common so view. It was sad to hear. Well, recently we, on our instagram for created equal we shared a video of you seth talking mm. to a planned parenthood protester oh at, right it was a political was rally for political rally for the Tennessee, presidential debate yeah. or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. back in 2020 or yeah 2020 and so that was super interesting if you want to hear seth kind of deflate that argument that planned parenthood isn't primarily focused on abortion Go watch that reel. They're an abortion business. Do other things, but they're Mm -hmm. an abortion business. Definitely. So awesome. Well, I'm not really glad to hear that (laughs) outreach highlight. It was a really low light, but I understand what you mean by that. So uh, today we have a conversation from one of our summer interns named Jane. She did two summer internships Mm. with us and she's real awesome. Come back, Jane. Come back. Remember we had like, be like Jane. That's an old... From old episodes. Yeah, bring it back. True. Yeah. Bring it back though. Okay. So <laughs> Jane was talking to a woman in downtown Cl- no, Cincinnati from over the summer. And so you will get to hear a little insight of Jane. But it is still it's my body, it's my choice. I mean, I believe in bodily autonomy, but only up until so I have right, the right to my fist until I hit someone else in the face with it, right? And so I think that applies to abortion. The woman has the right to her body, but not to the separate body inside of her to kill that separate body. How does she not have a right to that separate body inside of her when that body is living off of her? So without her body, that body would not survive. So her body is a primary body. So without me, there is no second body. Yeah, the baby is more dependent than you and me on the mother, right? Correct. Almost fully dependent, but so is a newborn child. If you left a du- newborn child without her mother, and just left a newborn child on the table, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be able to survive, right? A lot of disabled pe- people, like um, my friend's um, has a sibling that's disabled, and he can't do. He's almost more dependent than a newborn. He can't feed himself. He can't. He has to be fed through a tube, stuff like that. So I don't think that gives people less value because they're more dependent. I'm sorry, I'm just smiling so big. She did so well, I right? I know. That's such a great promo for our interns. Like, that is, that yeah. she's doing it line by line perfectly. I know, that's what I was so actually, good. as I was talking, I was like, okay, if you want to really sincerely be like Jane, come on our yeah. internship. Like, that is so awesome. She yeah. did a great job. Good job, She's really awesome. So, she kind of started out refuting the argument so perfectly, the argument of bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. If it's part of my body or it's, impacting my body then why can't i not have an abortion she explains well 
there are limits to bodily autonomy. What stands out from her kind of illustration of punching you you're you have a right to your fist until you hit your use your fist to hit somebody else in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just interesting that she points to what is such common sense, right? Yes. Does anyone believe in absolute bodily autonomy? I don't think anyone anywhere really believes you can do whatever you want with your body, no matter how it affects anyone else. Does anyone actually believe that? I sure hope not. I I think they're, I mean, criminals. I suppose, yeah. People who literally do whatever they want. Yes. I mean, yeah, they're sociopaths, right? Yes. So that's, we shouldn't normalize that. So be like Jane. And don't we, be like a sociopath. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, one thing that really stood out to me was kind of the really root of this woman's argument is I am stronger than mm. the preborn child. Mm-hmm. I have the power. Therefore, I can kill that child because without me they're nothing and really like whenever she said that line it just made me think of like a movie with the villain being like you are nothing without me like Mm. that sort of thing like that's just kind of what i envision when somebody says something like that like Mm a you know abusive like super power hungry person thinks that because you're doing you're doing something for somebody else. You're nothing without me. Of course, mm-hmm. the child cannot survive without the mother at this stage. But does that mean that the mother then has the ability or capability to, or I guess she does have the capability, but should she have the ability to kill that child? No, not at all. And I love what Jane brought up about her friend who is disabled and how I think it was a young boy who is actually more dependent on his mother Mm -hmm. than even a child in utero. And so does his mother have the, she may have the ability, but does she have the right to end his life because he depends on her? Of course not. I think we all recognize that the more dependent you are on other people and the more vulnerable you are, the bigger our responsibility to take care of you. Yeah, that's such a good point. I remember a good friend of a Create Equal, Stephanie Gray Connors, mentioned to us recently that while her baby was pre-born, yeah, her baby depended fully on her, but yeah. once her baby was born, her baby is now such a much more, takes more of her effort, right? Like now her sleeping yeah. schedule is affected, her like daily, she can't just go places she wants to because her child needs her. So maybe baby's less dependent in some ways, but now requires more of her reworking her life, and mm-hmm. that's normal and right. We expect parents to do that kind of a thing. Yeah. And that's the funny flip side of this argument. So Lexi, like you said, she's suggesting, you know, she's the one who's stronger and the baby's the weak one. And I think like, so it's not just saying I'm stronger, therefore I'm better, but saying that baby is needy, that baby needs me, therefore mm-hmm. I can kill that mm-hmm. baby. And that's again, yeah. back to sociopathic mentality. Look at someone who's weaker than you and say, because you're weak and needy, right. I have the right to kill you. I think it's David Boone, an abortion advocate. He wrote a book, I think it's called Defense of Abortion. But I think he's the one who says that, yes, the baby is needy. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault that she's needy. And so you can kill her because mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. responsible. I think, well, actually, you did create, do the action that created the baby. So yeah. I think you're kind of responsible for yeah. it. Yeah. And even if, you, even if you didn't, like in the case of rape, right. you aren't, your responsibility is still there because that person is still there and that right. person is still dependent upon you, right? Even if yeah. we were, even if I was walking down the street and a lady handed me her newborn baby and walked away, like ran away, drove mm-hmm. in a car, got in a car and drove away. And I now I was just standing there with this newborn baby. 
I would not be able to kill that newborn child right. just because yeah. now that newborn child is within my uh, responsibility or now I have to care for that child. It wouldn't be justifiable for me to go and hire somebody to kill that child or for me to kill that child. Yeah. I would have to go make sure that child is safe and cared for. Right. Maybe I wouldn't be the one who would have to continue to care for that child, but I wouldn't have the ability to harm that child. So yeah, not your baby, but still not your choice to kill that baby. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it really doesn't matter who it is. I actually have a quick story of somebody that was an old family friend and she was um, working in the nursery at her church. Mm. Her and her husband do a lot for children's ministry. And one day, a few of the children in the children's ministry came up to her with a letter. The mom of those children actually wrote a letter saying, here, you take my children. Oh, wow. I am like running away, basically. Like you you provide for them or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with them anymore. And so now this woman and her husband uh, adopted those children and wow. care for them. Wow. But talk about one person neglecting their mm -hmm. natural responsibility and giving it to another. But even whenever, even when another person doesn't even have that natural responsibility yeah. goes alongside them and takes care of those children. And I think we all recognize that if you see two kids abandoned on the street, most of us will say, I should help them. Yeah. Exactly. Who's going to say, I'm, uh, let's run over them with our car. We don't do that, mm -hmm. right? We recognize that. That's about powerful story, Lexi. Well, and so before the she, we heard this clip earlier in the conversation, this woman said, well, we shouldn't use abortion for birth control. Mm. Okay, so... Yes, women have the ability and the right to do whatever they want with mm -hmm. their body and their child's body, essentially. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't use it for birth control purposes. That does not make sense. Help us to make sense of yeah. that, though. What do you, what do you think yeah. is going on in her mind? I have no idea because that it seems like the, what she's arguing for is using it as birth control. Because it's really coming back to this secular naturalistic standpoint of, I have the power to do this, so I get to do it. It's Jurassic Park, right? Yes. Yeah. What, what's that quote? So Malcolm, Ian, Ian Malcolm, Malcolm says, do you know Jurassic Park, Lexi? Or no. This? Okay. Okay. Ethan and I both like yeah. old movies, right? So um, Ian Malcolm says to the guy, the creator of Jurassic Park, I'm forgetting his name right now. Oh my god. It's Richard Attenborough's the actor. It's, it's so irrelevant. Yeah. Um, okay, right. So anyhow, he says that <laughs> your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, could do it, they didn't stop to think if they should. There it is. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. It's the worth same mentioning quote. It yeah. times. Well, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this is an ad for them. No. Yeah. Well, so I, in my limited understanding of her mind and how it's working, I think a lot of times we see this where people think two different things and try to. Start saying one argument, go down one path, and then realize mm -hmm. that they don't want to fully go to that. And so then they yeah. give a second argument that contradicts the first argument. In this case, saying, hey, women, if you're looking at an abortion victim and say, hey, yeah, people shouldn't be able to do that for birth control purposes. Just if you get pregnant, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be able to go out and have an abortion. But then as she is thinking about it and as she is trying to make the case for abortion, she can't at the same time say, yes, abortion is killing somebody. It should be restricted. And then also say uh, anybody should have an abortion. So that's why she moves on to the argument of, well, it's bodily autonomy. It's my body. I can do what I want with that, with that yeah. other person inside of me, which 
good for her at least that she's admitting there is a second body there because mm-hmm. even yeah. sometimes it's like people won't even admit that part of it which she is super said frustrating. separate body yeah mm-hmm. yes so at least she's doing that but it's so frustrating how she's saying okay well it's not birth control it shouldn't be used as birth control but at the same time it's a woman's bodily autonomy i think that just goes to show she doesn't actually think that and at some level she recognizes the humanity and the value of that pre-born child to a degree Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day she's not going to uh, completely acknowledge that value and so she's going to continue to advocate for abortion out of convenience because most people live in that place right where like you're not you don't want to say abortion should be birth control but you're still in Mm -hmm. support of it for whatever cases so they're just comfortable with that kind of inconsistency Mm -hmm. yeah and that's just normal today which, how do we break that inconsistency? How do we break that? I think really it comes down to changing the culture in the way that we view responsibility mm-hmm. and view human value. But on a smaller level, in conversations, how can we kind of break through that mentality? Do you have any ideas, Ethan? The mentality of, I have the power to do it, so I can do it. Yes. I think showing that you don't, because you're right, it can be hard to communicate that idea to people when they're entrenched in this might makes right. But I think that if you walk out their ideas for them with born people, again, always going back to that trot out the toddler, could you apply this to a born person and showing people that no, they would never do that? And then asking them, well, then why are you being discriminatory? and applying this to an unborn person because ultimately it comes down to this discrimination of they don't look like me, they're smaller than me, so I can, again, might makes right, I can discriminate against them. Other than that, it can be very, very hard to reach someone like that, especially Mm -hmm. if they're entrenched in this might makes right. I think for them, it is probably going to take a personal experience in their life to be a wake-up call if they're deeply entrenched in it. That's a good point. I think another thought I'd give is I remember something else Stephanie Gray Connors had told us a couple of years ago was that she still asks sometimes when does life begin, but now often yeah. asks when does parenting begin? Because mm-hmm. I think that this individual, this lady is, is demonstrating that she recognizes there's a separate body, a being inside there, right? But she doesn't think parenting really has begun yet. Once yeah. you have a born child, she recognizes there's an obligation there, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to kind of get to that point. So when does parenting begin? I would say it begins when the baby exists, as Ethan was pointing us toward. Mm-hmm parenting's a relationship parent and child once both exist there's a relationship there right whether it's biological whether you adopt a child a relationship has been established and you are part of that now and i think i would also then stress on that point that i think we talk a lot more about parenting today right what does it mean parenting means obligations it means getting up in the middle of the night with your kid when they need you my kid was uh sick yesterday we had to Mm -hmm. take care of him when he was vomiting like it means a lot of things you do for your kids because that's parenting right yeah. mm-hmm. so i think when you talk about how that is normal and right and it's going to change you, what you do with your body as it should yeah and just be honest that kids have rights against their parents kids should expect some things from their parents not ipods and all those things like that kind of glass <laughs> yes. glimmy what's the word glitzy, ipods glamorous whatever glamorous things right <laughs> but they glittery things but they <laughs> no. do get normal things normal parenting is protection yeah. nourishment those kinds of things yeah. all kids deserve Yes, exactly. And so changing the mindset from parents have or adults have a 
right to children yes. versus yes. Yep. children Flip having it around right the way to it parents. Be. And so, because yes. well, that's what's so crazy. She's talking about how, no, they can't be used, abortion can't be used for birth control because she understands that there's a child there, right? She understands that the reason why somebody would have an abortion is because they don't want a child, yeah. right? And so at some level, she understands there's a parent not wanting their child. Mm, yeah. But mm-hmm. we need to recognize that I, I think in this certain circumstance, to help draw out the idea that just because you're stronger, more powerful, doesn't mean that you can do what you want to the mm-hmm. weaker, more vulnerable person. Yeah. We can draw out. I mean, so many people have faced abuse in their life yeah. or have somebody that they know who's faced abuse in their life. Mm-hmm. Just because your dad is stronger or more powerful than you and may harm you mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he was justified in doing that. I feel like a lot of people have an emotional connection to that. This yeah. world is so evil and so wicked that we all have personal experience with a person in power abusing their power mm-hmm. to commit harm and so i think that also is a good thing that we can point out to people make it personal mm-hmm. for them in that way yeah. Yeah. of okay well if somebody is abusing you right just because they're stronger than you just because maybe they enjoy abusing you in mm-hmm. some twisted perverted way or because you're in their way does that make it justified or yeah. somebody a parent neglecting their child too so yeah. Anyways, I think there's a lot you could kind of try to pull on their emotions in that way, connect with them. I think a lot of it is emotionless or Mm -hmm. uh, their emotions are directed towards the wrong thing, towards the women who don't want to have their child don't just feel sorry for them because you need to see the whole picture. There's an yeah. actual person that's dying in an abortion. Yeah. Obviously, have compassion for the women, but we need to think about the children Absolutely. too. Absolutely. And just shout yeah. out, we can put in the show notes um, what you were referring to earlier, Lexi, about it's about kids having a right to parents, not the other way around. People should check out Them Before Us by Katie Faust. Mm-hmm. Yes. More on that. Yes, for sure. Also, we should drop this book as well. Stephanie Gray Connors, again, mentioning her again, she has a lot of great resources. <laughs> Her book, Conceived by Science, I've been reading through Mm. and doesn't speak as directly to children's rights as Them Before Us does, but she still does dive into that Mm -hmm. and just makes such a great point about how we've turned children into a commodity, not just through abortion, but through the IVF industry. Mm -hmm. They're trinkets. They're they're trinkets. They're commodities. They are accessories that you get to design. Mm -hmm. And the ones that don't match up to your expectations, you can discard. And so it's really a, a really large cultural front. We're, we're fighting multiple fronts at the same time to try and fix this twisted view of children. Mm-hmm. Yep, well said. Well, and hopefully at some point we can win it, especially as children hopefully grow up and realize the harm that is done to them mm-hmm. and they don't become like victimizers of the yeah. of their own children but hopefully we can recognize oh my goodness this is so evil and so corrupt let's stop acting like how our parents acted yeah. so yeah. i guess we'll just have to see how it all turns out but we as christians we as people who understand the truth we can be the ones to call out sin when it needs to be called out and also extend compassion and grace to those who need it and we can try yep. to protect these children yep. as much as we possibly can and hope that their parents who are supposed to love them and protect them most of all start to do that and start to recognize their responsibility in that yep so with that being said please go leave us oh, a- that's not all john, oh. john hammond <clears throat> that's his name john hammond yes got it it's yep. important for the podcast i wish you know <laughs> 
I thought of his name. Okay, yeah. the there we go. guy from now the we've said dinosaur movie saying. is yeah. John Hamden. Hey, Hammond. Hammond. There we go. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> For when we scream at their podcast listener. Like, oh, <laughs> Please go leave us a five-star <laughs> review so that more people can find this podcast. That's all we have for this week. And as always, thank you so much for debriefing with us.